Owen, Manx listeners will recognise you um, from your collaboration with Ruth Keggan some years ago. If people have forgotten the name, tell us what it was. Yeah, we did a, well, I played with Ruth on, our, on some of her solo stuff, but we did a, a project as well called Entanga, um, which is kind of uniting the three Gaelic languages. So we had Manx, Scottish and Irish Gaelic. So uh, myself and myself and Marianne Kennedy. So we, we put together an album and... Uh, yeah, we toured it around. It was, it was really good fun. Um, really nice to, to get to mix the three three Gaelic languages together. And mm-hmm. uh, and is is that something that came of um, a festival situation like this one, where you're meeting all sorts of musicians from different Celtic countries? Um, it probably would have been influenced by that. All right, I I, I knew Roots from from here. Actually, yeah, we met here um, in probably two thousand and eight. I think was the first time we met, and then again in 2011 and then you know you're kind of meeting the same people and then like yeah we were getting a few songs in now and then and then um uh i think she asked me to play on her first album i think we did that before we did the end song album it's kind of, yeah it was one of those things but it's yeah because yeah like a lot of people i've met here like it's yeah you, you get good ideas for collaborations and kind of music buzzing around so it's good yeah and you're you're multi-intro in- you're a multi-instrumentalist. You, you play the flute, but you also... Um, I heard you singing last year um, at the Les Basses Marine. Um, tell us a bit about the, the vocal work that you do. Uh, yeah, I, I sing channels. I grew up singing channels, like old-style Irish um, uh, songs. But uh, now I sing a bit more. Like I, I sing in English and a few songs in other languages as well. But uh, um, yeah, like singing a lot at the moment, actually. Um, working on a few different kind of th- a few different things in the pipeline but uh uh yeah i like singing uh lilton as well and yeah. all that kind i was of gonna say your lilting is uh, second to none i'm told uh, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about that well there's not that many people who actually do lilt so it's uh, you know uh but i think it's making a comeback um yeah we've uh, oh yeah we were at jiggy last year we did a bit um and yeah they're kind of using a lot of lilting in their kind of music and there's other people have like i was just at a mouth music festival there a couple of weeks ago in tyrone um, and there was a bunch of people there, um, so that, that was yeah, it's fun. I think people are kind of taking an interest in it. Um, it never really went away, but you know, I think it feels like well, I don't know, feels like more people are doing it now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's my impression. I haven't like done any scientific study or anything like that. But, <laughs> no. yeah. but I suppose you're the kind of person to get a feel for whether something's growing or not in in that way because uh, because you're doing so much of it and you're moving in circles with people who who do as well. Um, and you're here this year teaching the flute. Uh, how has that been as a as a process so far? Have you are you recognising students? Yeah, it's great. Um, the first time I taught here was 2011, uh, and uh, there's there two of them, two of the guys that were there that time. They're um, they're here again. So uh, yeah, there's a few that come kind of. Come, I've probably taught four times altogether. This is four time teaching here. So yeah, you get the same people come back. The flute, the flutes in particular here are really good. Um, there's some. Uh, uh, they've been kind of they're really into it and they've been playing kind of for years and, and like they're um, very enthusiastic so it actually kind of keeps me on my toes I have to like have to think about what I'm teaching you can't just throw out any old tunes because they'll already know them and <laughs> you know think about you know the you know technique and all that kind of thing you can kind of work work on that a good bit as well so yeah it's it's fun it's like I enjoy it yeah because the people who come here are passionate about Celtic traditions are you finding that there are differences in technique when it comes to flute playing? Uh, yeah, there would be. Um, although it's interesting here, you get um, some of the people here. They, I think they like. I mean, they, they they do play some Breton music, but they seem specifically interested in Irish music over any other. Um, like they'd be over to Ireland uh, a lot. So 
they, I'm thinking of like two of the students in particular anyway, they, I'd say some of the rest of them maybe do a mix, but um, yeah, they seem to be kind of into Irish music over anything else, so they, yeah, they sound like Irish flute players, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. they have that kind of style, so, yeah. yeah. And um, we also saw you saying a few words at a discussion last night about Celtic languages. Um, what you you were raised speaking um, Irish Gaelic as your first language? Yeah, yeah. My dad is from the west of Ireland, from Connemara, and um, my mum. Well, my mum's from Dublin, but she she learned Irish before she met my dad. Uh, well, no, so she was learning when she met my dad, but she kind of became fluent. I think when my younger sister was born, she tells me she my older sister, she had her in one arm and dictionary in the other, but she was fairly like determined that we'd. We'd all speak it, so yeah, we grew up in Dublin, but never spoke any English till we kind of went to went. To, I suppose went to school. Um, you kind of gradually pick it up, but uh, so yeah, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that is that common? Uh, in Dublin, not so much. Um, you've got the Gaelic areas uh, where people would still, um, but. Yeah, you'd get the odd, you know, you get some people, but we're very much a minority in the cities uh, that would learn it as a first language. Then again, in the cities, there's more people learning it as a second language, whereas it's kind of declining in, well, sorry, some parts of Gaelic, it seems to be like younger people are speaking it less uh, than before. So it seems, I think, I haven't got any stats for for this, but I think the overall numbers are, of speakers are going up, but the number, but it definitely seems to be, less spoken in the Gaeltacht areas uh, than it was before. So, um, uh, so that seems to be declining. Um, various different reasons for that, I think. Um, but particularly, like, where Dad is from now in Colmar, like, there's um, uh, just been kind of chronic underinvestment in the area for, for years. Um, you know, like, the selling off of kind of public resources as well. Like, there, there was a seaweed uh, kind of manufacturing that was kind of sold off to a multinational a couple of years ago. Um, various different things like that. So there's there's no very little uh, in the way of jobs in the area, and um, so then people, you know, young people emigrate or whatever, and then once you're kind of they, you know, you lose your connection to the, you know, but maybe they keep speaking Irish wherever they they are. But it's, it seems to me like that even people in the like even teenagers now they don't seem to have a particular in, in the growth of, some of them don't seem to have a that good of kind of they seem to want to speak more English, you know, um, some of them. Uh, then again, those that are kind of locked in with the music, they they, they speak a lot of Irish. Like they, they I think having the music kind of gives like gives you a reason to kind of speak it. Like you know, if when there's no kind of other economic reason to re- to speak it, you, you the kind of the art and the and the, the singing and the, the tunes and all that kind of they they those the people who do that seem to be more likely to. And where there's communities where there's a lot of singing and that, like there's be the language is stronger as well. So. Um, yeah, because I mean, it seems very strong among the the Irish musicians and performers um, who we've met here. I know a number yeah. of people who I've spoken to were raised speaking Irish mm-hmm. Gaelic as a first language or have learned it at school. What do you th- like? What's your what's your ideal? What do you want to see happen that you think would uh, sort of give give life to the language um, in a new way? Uh, well, like I mean, there's a lot. There's lots of good things happen. Like there's there are people. Um, so yeah, like there are people constantly fighting for you know new services, new school, schools, schools, and all this kind of thing. And there's like people who are working really hard on this. So and I, you know, not faulting them at all. I, I, I would say you kind of you definitely need more. This comes down back to the state, like the state. You know, like our 
Taoiseach, our Prime Minister there, there was a big kind of PR stunt there a couple of years ago that he went and he did an Irish language course and, you know, he was able to speak Irish or whatever. But, like, his policies are completely detrimental to the language. So, like, what what use is that? Like, so, uh, like, we we need more investment in, in jobs, in, in the Gaeltacht areas, first of all, like... Um, to keep it even where you've got the traditional Irish speaking um, areas that, that you know um, uh, because even even apart from language stuff you know we're kind of all of the economies it's too based in Dublin anyway so like just for rural Ireland in general like you know um, it would be better to spread, spread investment around but uh, uh, other things um, I think I think it's um, somewhat associated like a lot of the uh, um, y- y- like you could do things like for provide more kind of bursaries for um, for people who are less well off to go and go to the Gaeltacht and actually be able to, to learn it because um, like it's not it's sometimes it can be you know beyond people you know if you're from a less well off family or whatever to be able to send your send your kid to to the Gaeltacht so then they lose out or whatever and then it becomes kind of seen a bit as a mass, middle class sort of a thing if you're from the cities or whatever um, which it really isn't like you know there's plenty of um, plenty of people from from like, well, it's it's definitely like across you know, cross sort of class kind of interest in 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 the language. Um, uh, but we could do more to help the people people who are you know the, the the state could do more to help people you know with it as well. Yeah. So um so I suppose what you're saying is that only people who are sort of comfortably middle class might have the resources to to access. Uh, language classes that are on offer at the moment and there's less available for people who who don't have that kind of financial backing yeah yeah and then for kids as well from like more working class backgrounds to be able to go to the like to the, i mean it's kind of difficult to, like it's the same with lots of minority languages as well but but um you know to get your kind of immersion or whatever like it's you have to kind of go to off to you know west galway or Kerry or you know donegal or whatever it's and it's um, you know, uh, and it costs a couple of hundred quid to do it if you're, you know, if you're sending your child or whatever. So you know, it's that's pretty much that's beyond people who are already spending money on kind of school books and uniforms and all this kind of thing. So it's it's more difficult, I think. You know, um, there are girls kind of you know in, in, in more working class areas as well. Like there's more of them cropping up as well. But uh, you know, so yeah, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not I'm just saying it's not all bad, but uh, I think. Um, um, yeah, there's various other different things. Um, yeah, you mentioned but, uh, some policies of your TSOC that you thought were stifling the language. Um, are there are there any in particular that come to mind? Well, I, I I'm thinking more again of the growth of areas. So, um, well, the education as well. I mean, so, so two, two, two things. I mean, uh, uh, like, um, well, rural Ireland in general has been completely just just there's no total lack of investment. Like we. And particularly now, when you're talking about things like climate change as well, there's a huge opportunity to like create jobs through like renewable energies and all this kind of thing, um, or through like you know uh, kind of transitioning from far- farming to you know forestry and, and horticulture and all this kind of thing. Um, but uh, we're like I we're get, I guess we're very much tied into sort of like free market kind of neoliberal policies and and that's the government is going to do that like uh, education as well i think like um at the moment there's a bit of a vicious cycle because we like you you have um um under resourcing of universities meaning that people are coming out with like a less uh, like a lower standard of irish and then they're going to teach and kids then 
they're teaching you're taking this Irish and they're teaching like when I, I studied um, uh, Irish in university and during the time I was there uh, I think there was only about four five full-time lecturing staff and two of them left two of them retired in the meantime they were never replaced like anything so uh, and this has happened like kind of across the board there's just like like there was a, I don't know if it's still on going but there's a, there was a hiring freeze for a long time in the uh, and then they've lost so much staff in, since then that like you know even if you were to replace people now like you, you need much more kind of you know because yeah there just isn't enough language classes in the in the week for people who are trying to trying to improve their level or whatever so there's that as well uh, I don't know there's lots of different things I haven't really <laughs> but it all has a knock-on effect. It's all part of a, a, a bigger network of issues, I suppose. And uh, thank you. It's been really fascinating to kind of find out a little bit about um, about the sort of state of affairs yeah. on that front from no, you. No, thank like, you. Yeah, so, uh, sorry, because I don't know, like, we all negative. Like, I mean, it's definitely, it's all, um, you know, there's various different things you could do that, that, like, that would help to uh, revitalize it. Like, having said that, it is, like, it's kind of, despite this, the state underinvestment there are people kind of there's language activists there's people who are into like who are like promoting it all the time and they're doing really hard work and they're actually succeeding in you know spreading it and in teaching it and all this kind of thing so there are like the numbers of speakers are still grow going up um you know um so yeah it's not all bad but you know obviously there's things there's always room for improvement <laughs> yeah yeah there's always yeah, more we yeah. can be doing oh well thank you for yeah. thank you for talking to us today you're going to be performing it all this week can we uh, look out for you i might be uh there might be an impromptu kind of a there was talk of a, some collaborations with possibly the scottish and cornish and i don't know who else that's we'll what we like to hear yeah we'll uh <laughs> we'll keep an eye out for you thanks so much thanks very much thank you thank you yeah. so much